Good day to you and welcome to the NPFCC Messages podcast. Today you're listening to a message that's a part of our message series called Life on Mission. We all make decisions every day and those decisions determine the direction and ultimately the destination of our lives as well as the lives of those around us. Jesus came that we might have life and have it to the full. But the only way to experience life to the full is by deciding to follow Jesus and to live a life on mission for his kingdom. So we pray this message challenges you and encourages you to live a life on mission. Well, man, it is great to be with you on this uh, Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, Thank you for being here this morning, whether you're with us um, or with whether you're with us online. We're glad that you're here today. Um, You know, back in uh, 1979, uh, 257 people left New Zealand on a sightseeing flight to Antarctica. Uh, Unknown to the pilots, though, the navigation system had a two-degree error in the flight coordinates. Now, most people hearing that think, well, that's close enough, two degrees, that's not a big deal, right? But that two-degree error, in fact, placed the aircraft 28 miles to the east of what the planned route was. And the pilots approached the place and their intended destination. Uh, They wanted to give the sightseers a better view, so they began to drop below the clouds to see the beautiful landscape. And although the pilots were really experienced, they had never flown that particular flight before, and what they didn't realize is those incorrect coordinates, just off two degrees, placed them directly in the path of Mount Erebus the tallest peak in Antarctica at 12,000 feet. And sadly, the plane crashed into the side of that volcano. And what's amazing is is that this minor error of just two degrees cost these folks their lives. You know, people much smarter than I am tell me that if you're off by just one degree, um, you can be in real trouble. You know, after one foot... Um, you only miss your target by two-tenths of an inch. Doesn't sound like a big deal, right? Two-tenths of an inch. But after 100 yards, you'll be off by 5.2 feet. Still, not, not huge, but it's noticeable. After a mile, you'll be off by 92.2 feet. Uh, one degree makes a huge, starts to make a difference. If you're traveling from L.A. to San Francisco, you'd be off by six miles. If you were flying from San Francisco then to Washington, D.C., you'd end up on the other side of Baltimore, 42.6 miles away. And if you flew around the globe from Washington, D.C., trying to get back there around the globe, you'd be 435 miles off target. A rocket going to the moon would be 4,169 miles off. And if you were going to the sun you would be 1.6 million miles off target just by being one degree in the wrong direction. You know, so many people I know find themselves places that they never intended to be. Or, or, or they wake up one day wondering to themselves, how in the world did they get here? Anybody ever had that happen before? How in the world did I, this is not where I set out to be. 
Others, even wonderful Christian people I know, keep wondering why they maybe aren't experiencing the kind of life to the fullest that Jesus talks about. And you know, nobody plans, nobody plans to get lost. Nobody plans to end up in the wrong direction because if you did, you would have different plans, right? You either did not have directions or maybe you get lost because you did not have directions because maybe you had the wrong directions or maybe you failed to follow the directions or as Brenda will tell you, you forgot to pull over and ask for directions. (laughs) The crazy thing is this. While you're in the wrong place, nobody else is surprised that you ended up there. Right? The people in your life, they saw it coming. Because they saw the direction you were heading. And because direction determines destination, they saw you heading in that direction. And some people even tried to warn you about it. But you thought you had everything under control, right? Because that's where we like to be, in control. You never planned to get there. In fact, the problem was is that you didn't really have a plan at all. And because you didn't have a plan, any road that looked good, any, any road that everyone else was taking, any road would do. But that's not what God says. God says there is a way that appears right, but in the end it leads to death. In Proverbs sixteen twenty five, You see, some of you are traveling through life directionless. Um, you, you, you don't like directions. You, you think directions are for people who need directions, right? And maybe that's not you. Or maybe some of you are traveling with life or you know what it's like to travel through life with the wrong direction. Somebody told you the direction you ought to go and now you're living with the consequences of following the wrong directions. And then some of you, some of you just aren't following the directions that you have and now you're struggling to dig yourself out. And typically, if you don't have directions, you just kind of go with the flow in the direction that the rest of the world is heading. The the Bible calls this conforming to the pattern of this world. And and there's a lot of great Christians, a lot of people who, who want to know God better, who want to follow him, but because they don't have a plan and a purpose because they aren't living on mission, because they don't have direction, they find themselves conforming to the pattern of the world. And they find themselves lost in a, in a sea of constant chaos and, and constantly just kind of trying to keep up with everything else that's going on in the world. If you're one of those people who is just scared to death about what awaits us as the year progresses, because of the political things, I would say then maybe, then maybe you aren't sure of direction. And so you get worried and you try to control and you end up in places that you don't desire to be. I mean, oftentimes we make our decisions based on what the world says will bring us happiness, will make you more money, or puts you in a better place of position or power because we love to control things, right? But people without direction, they often just keep adding to their lives until their lives 
become unmanageable. Is there anyone in the room that feels like their life might just be a little bit unmanageable? You're just, you're trying to keep up with, with, with everything. You're trying to, you, you're spinning all the plates, right? And you just keep adding to them, adding to them, adding to them because you couldn't say no to certain things or because the world keeps telling you, oh, you just got to add this. You just got to add this and everything's going to be okay. People without direction have trouble saying no to things and are afraid that they're going to miss out on something that the world has to offer. I, I, I see this happening in families all the time. They cannot say no. Uh, they, they, they get involved in every single thing that's out there. Their, their child needs to do every single sport, every activity that's out there. We just sign them up and we just got to keep them busy so that they don't miss out, right? No, I know that, that you know, nobody in the room is, has been, you know, guilty of that, right? But when that happens... When that happens, eventually their schedule and all those things they've added starts to squeeze out other things, the things that God has for us, because we're so busy trying to keep the rest of life spinning. And whether you didn't have directions, had the wrong directions, or didn't follow the directions, you will eventually find yourself living in the wrong direction. And that's where so many people find themselves. But, but I got to tell you, it's entirely possible that you could be living in the wrong direction and loving it. You know those people, don't you? They're just, they're just living in the wrong direction and they think everything is just fine. They, they actually love what's happening in their life and, and, and they try to convince you that everything is okay. And, and so they're living in the wrong direction but, and they think that everything is, and maybe you're just thinking, hey, everything's just going to work out. But eventually, if you're living in the wrong direction, if you travel that way long enough, things are going to go wrong. And when they go wrong, you're going to look for all kinds of ways to fix your problems. Uh, so many people find themselves there, they're in a spot and they and and they realize, okay, I'm off course. I've I've been going the wrong direction. And then they try to fix everything, right? They, they're like, oh man, I gotta I gotta fix all of this. And and I would contend that here's the deal: you you don't need so much just to fix your problem. What you really need is you really need a new direction, right? Don't you don't need to just fix all these things that are going wrong. You need a new direction, what you really need is you need a mission. And, and not just any mission. In, in, in Luke chapter 12, verses uh, 30 and 31, um, where, where Jesus is, is teaching, this is uh, Luke's version of the, of the um, Sermon on the Mount. And uh, he, he just told everybody, and you guys have heard this before, right? He says, hey, don't worry about everything, right? Don't, don't worry about your clothes that you're going to wear. Don't worry about the food you're going to eat. Don't worry about all these different things that life is bringing. You know, don't worry about those things, you know. And, and then uh, Jesus says this in verse 3. He says, for the pagan world runs after all such things. And then we just kind of have to pause and, and ask ourselves this question, are, are we running after all those things? Uh, I mean, wh what is it that you're running after this morning? 
So he says, your father knows that you need them. And then he says this. He says, but seek first his kingdom. And these things will be given to you as well. So you want to seek first his kingdom. And, and that becomes the mission that ought to drive us. You see, you, you don't need to keep trying to fix things. You don't, don't just need a new car, a new relationship, a new job. You don't need new kids, right? Well, that's not going to happen anyways. You know, the, those, those folks didn't need a new plane. It wasn't broken. It's just heading in the wrong direction. What you need is a new direction. You need a new mission. You need a kingdom-first mission. And if you change your direction, then things will change. If you just fix something, then you're left with that thing that got you to the spot where you didn't want to be anyways. And so what you really need is a new direction. You need a new mission. Because here's the thing, and, and, and this is one of those statements that you'll hear over and over again over the next couple of weeks, because direction determines destination. Direction determines destination. In fact, the greatest predictor of where you're going to end up is your current direction, right? It, it's this crazy thing, and, and, and I don't pronounce it right, but it's trajectory, right? I didn't pronounce it right, did I? So, yeah. See, I get it wrong every time. So, but, but you know what I mean, right? It's, it's, that, it's that arc that your life is on, and, and what happens is, is that direction, right? And if you're one degree off, right, then you're going to end up way off. And, and, and so the whole idea is that the, your direction, your direction is going to determine where you end up and so the question is like, you know, where, where do you want to end up? And then you have to change your direction so that you get into the right destination. Is your direction on mission with God's kingdom? And that's the big question this morning. Is your direction on mission with God's kingdom, or are you just chasing after the things of the world and hoping that you've just added enough Jesus on top? Because I think that's what happens. A lot of people, they, they want to follow their own direction, but just have Jesus in the car with them. Right? They're just trying to like, okay, Jesus, come along for the ride. And Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 to 17 says this. Be very careful. Very careful. Not just careful. Be very careful. Everybody say very careful. Just making sure you're awake this morning, right? Be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. You know, I've always wondered, uh, tried to understand, like, it says, because the days are evil, Right? And, and as I was thinking about this in light of what we were studying, I was thinking, yeah, because like if you're just trying to live out your days without the proper mission, if you're just trying to like get through life without the proper direction, then you're going to end up where you don't want to end up. If you're just trying to survive every day 
And you're looking around going, well, I'm just, I'm, I'm going to do what everybody else says is going to make me happy, what's going to make things better. And you're not living on mission. You're going to end up in the wrong place. We need to be very careful to ensure that we don't get off course. And we need to be wise and follow Jesus' directions. Jesus talks about what it means to be wise and foolish and follow directions in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 7. Um, he's, in Matthew chapter 7, it's at the very end of um, the, the greatest sermon that was ever preached, uh, the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus has just spent um, a, a bunch of time telling them about everything about life, right? He, he's just been telling them, like, he's been downloading kind of what the kingdom of God is all about. And, and then he, he says this, he says, he wraps up the sermon by saying this, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. You see, the way that you ensure that you're living in the right direction, the way that you make sure that you're not getting off course, is not just to listen to Jesus' words, but to put them into practice. And to develop a mission based on what it means to follow Jesus. You see, it, it's not enough to just kind of come in on a Sunday and go, okay, I, I heard that. that again, that's like saying, okay, I, I want to drive, I'm going to go this direction. I'm going to take my life in this direction. But I'm hoping, I'm just hoping that if I, if I put some Jesus in there, if I can take Jesus along with me, that maybe then I'm going to get, in, I'm going to, it's all going to go well, right? And we think, oh, and then Jesus will kind of fix my, my problems along the way and, and, and things like that. We, we sometimes just think like, okay, I just got to get Jesus on board with my mission but that's not what this is about it's about getting on board with his mission and, and so we want to develop a mission that's based on following Jesus you see when, when um, Jesus was talking about this and he, he says he goes hey um, you want to build on your house on the rock right now building on the rock I mean, we, we hear that and we think, oh, that sounds solid, right? Um, but here's what it is. It, it, it doesn't, it's not the easy way, right? I don't, I don't know if you've ever tried to build anything on a rock. Um, it's not the easy way, it's, but it's the right way. How, how many of you felt the earthquake this week? All right, yeah, see, now I know you're with me, right? Earthquake, and everybody's like, oh, yeah. So, right? Um, one of the cool things about Newberry Park. My, my dad was uh, was a builder in the area, and um, what what we discovered about Newberry Park is this place is built on rock. And if you've ever tried to dig down very far here, you know there's rock everywhere. In fact, the swimming pool at the house that I grew up at, they had to bring in these gigantic machines with like jackhammers to just chisel out the rock, right? Because and and the the folks said, hey, well you'll never have to worry about this place going anywhere. Right? This isn't going to just crumble because this place is built on rock, right? So building on rock is good, but it's not easy. It takes time. It, it, it usually costs you something. It, it's, it's good, but it takes work. And, and Jesus is saying, hey, you know what? You want, you want to build your life upon the rock. 
You want, you want it to be solid. And what does that mean? It means you're going to put into practice the thing that Jesus said. You're going to follow Jesus' directions. Because then it can withstand something. It says, then the rain came down, the streams rose, and the wind blew, and it beat against the house, yet it did not fall because its foundation was on the rock. See, the directions that you follow determines the outcome of your life. He goes on in verse 26, he says, but everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice. Any, anybody ever done that? Has anybody, like, you know, has anybody on, on a Sunday morning, you come in, you kind of hear a message, and I, what, what always cracks me up uh, on, on Sunday mornings is this, is um, the, the, more, the more like I just kind of like, just keep heaping on the like the word of God and people people are like man pastor that was really convicting right and it seems like the more convicting the more you guys like it which I'm like really like it's like I, I keep telling you like man you know like even like you're off course you're uh, and everyone's like yes we know right and I was like man and and it just baffles me sometimes but but then you walk out the door and you say, man, that was great and I'm really glad I heard that and everything else. But then the bigger question is this, is are, what are you going to do with it? Or, or did you think, oh, I, I, got, I got a little bit of Jesus this week, so that's going to smooth things out. That is not how this works. <laughs> Jesus is saying, hey, you, you've got to take the, you've got to put it into action. And it actually says, here's what it says, it says, it, it, this is Ken's translation, okay? Not biblical, I'll just throw it out there, right? But this is Ken's translation is, you show up to church, you hear something good, you walk out the door, and you totally forget it, and, or you just don't do it, the Bible calls you a fool, okay? Any fools in the room, right? Right, yeah, we, we, you know, and it says, hey, you're like a foolish man who builds your house upon the sand, What's the sand represent? The sand represents, like, that's the easy way. Man, it's, it's easy to dig. Like, we're, we've got a team going down to Mexico in, in a few weeks. In fact, on the 25th, I'm just going to throw it out there. We have Fiesta lunch. We're going to need to raise some money to build a house for people in need in Mexico. Well, we go down to Mexico, and, man, we're, we're like, okay, if, if, the, if it's rocky soil, man, we're just like, oh, man, we've got to build on the rocks, Right? If it's, if it's easy and sandy, we're like, oh, yeah, this is good, right? right? Because, because sand is like the easy way. And there's a lot of us that just like, we're, we're just kind of going through life. And because we don't have a direction, because we don't have a mission, because we aren't putting the kingdom first, we, we're just, what, we're, what we tend to do is we just go take the easy way. We take the way that just seems normal. We take the way that everybody else is doing it. The Bible calls that the wide road, and it leads where? Yeah, destruction. And we're just like, this is the easy way. I'm going to go that way, right? Because it's easy. And you know why? You know why you take that way because it's easy? Because you're spinning all the other plates. All the other plates that you're not even sure why you're still spinning them. But the world told you, hey, pick this up and just start spinning. You're like, oh, yeah, okay. Like, I got to keep that going too. And hey, why don't you add some of this while you're at it? Okay, Yeah. You know the greatest thing about living on mission? It helps you say no. 
to all the stuff that the world tries to throw at you that is only going to cause you stress and pain and discomfort and sorrow. Again, not that you will be pain-free, right? Because building your house on the rock takes work and you might get blisters, right? I mean, but in the long run, it's going to stand, and, and it says the rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. If you don't, even if you have the right directions, right? He said these people heard Jesus' words, right? But they didn't do what he said. Even if you have the right directions, but you don't do it, you're, out, you're in for a crash, and so it's not about just kind of coming in and hearing a little bit. It's about like, how are you going to apply the things that God's word says? How are you going to live a kingdom first mission? When we try to do things by the world's directions, eventually there's going to be a crash. And even if we get the right directions, but we don't apply them, there's going to be a crash. And then, just like we do sometimes, right? Just like we like hear the sermon, like, oh, that was good. But the, the people in verse 28 says, when Jesus finished saying all these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching. And he says, because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. I mean, Jesus taught as one who had authority. You know why? Because he had authority. Right? He's, he's the son of God. And, and he gave real direction for how life is supposed to be lived and how you could have life to the fullest. He, not the life that's the easiest, not just pain-free or whatever, but the life that is correct, the life that is right, the life that is full. And it, again, it helps you say no to all the junk that the world throws at you. And is the world throwing a lot of junk at you today? Do you know how to say no to that? It's to absolutely be honed in on a kingdom mission. And when you are absolutely honed in on a kingdom mission, you can just say no to the rest of it. And you just follow Jesus. And Jesus showed how to live, Jesus showed how, us how to live in a new direction on mission in the kingdom of God. That's what Jesus came to do. He came to teach us how to live on mission in the kingdom of God. And he invites us to join him. I mean, we'll talk a lot more about this in the next couple of weeks, but Jesus, God's great mission, God is on this great redemption mission. He is in the business of redeeming the world, right? You know what that means? We sang about this morning. It's that God has a direction for us that ends in heaven, Right? You get to join him now in his mission, which is amazing. And if you do it right, it will lead to a full life. It, it, it is amazing to me when we go down and we work in Mexico and we get dirty and sweaty and everything else and you, the toilets smell bad and all these things. Um, you should go anyways. Um, but man, it is so fulfilling. It is so fulfilling. You know why? Because, we're, because we are working on mission with, with God. We're, we're like, we're, we're doing something. We're serving others, right? And, and we're giving of ourselves. And man, that feels good. 
And, and, and God is inviting us into this great story that he has, this great story of redemption. He's saying, you can be part of this. Come on and be on mission with me, and we're going to redeem the world. Here's the thing. You all think the world needs to be fixed. Right? All you got to do is turn on the news, and you go, somebody better fix that. That's what you do, right? And then you look and you go, well, they aren't going to fix it. And they aren't going to fix it. Who's going to fix it, right? You guys do know what happens to the world at the end of all this, right? It doesn't get fixed. It gets redeemed. And God is inviting you into the redemption process of the world. And what he's about is he's about redeeming people. He's about helping people find their direction from a lost and broken world to a heaven where we get to spend eternity with the one who is holy that we just sang about. Is anybody excited about that destination? Amen? And he's inviting you to help not just, and he's not just saying you need to get there. He's telling you, you get to help him get other people there. That's part of the kingdom mission. It's not that you just like, okay, I'm just going to, ju- I've got enough, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get to heaven, like I'm good, I'm going to get to heaven, right? Like that's, again, that, that's like so short-sighted, right? He's saying like, yeah, now once you're getting there, your job is to help me get everybody else there. And the question is, is are, how, how are you doing helping other people get there? Here's one thing I know. People who are really, really locked into that mission, who are really into the mission of helping God redeem um, people in the world, helping them find a way to get to a relationship with God, usually those people, those people don't have to worry too much about getting off course. Because they're just doing it. What are they doing? They're doing what Jesus said to do, right? They heard Jesus' words and they're doing it, right? Right? And that's what we need to be about. Jesus showed us this new way to live, this new direction, this new mission in the kingdom of God, and he's inviting you to join him. One of the key reasons that I felt the need to, to, like, to do this whole message series is because over the course of the last couple of years, I have had an, an increasing number of conversations with people who have found themselves in places that they never intended to be. And these are wonderful Christian people. I'm not going to tell your stories. Some of you might be in this room. Might be, right? But, but I've talked to a lot of people who have found themselves in places that they never intended to be. People are struggling in relationships. They're like, how did this happen? We thought we had this all day. How did this happen? People who are struggling, you know, it, with, with career decisions, they're like, I, you know, I thought this was the right way, but now I'm not so sure this is the right way. And people are just like, I'm not sure I'm going in the right direction. Parents who are really worried about their kids' direction, and they're trying to figure out, how do I help direct them? Right? Most of us are in that boat, right? How do we help them get there? People who are trying to decide, should I, should I take this job and this promotion, I mean, and, and the money, and even though it's going to mean that I'm going to be traveling away from my family, time away from things that feed me spiritually, I'm just trying to make all these decisions. And people keep asking these questions. 
And, and when they ask these questions, I just seem, I, I just, I just, what I've started to do is I've just, I ask them this. I just say, well, people are like, I'm just really trying to figure this out. I'm trying to decide, you know, wh- which direction I should go. And so then I, I ask them quite simply, I just said, well, What's your destination? And it usually gets that quiet. Like, what, what's your destination? I mean, what's your end game? And they kind of look at me funny and they're like, well, you know, the new job comes with a new office and this thing and a better position. I've got higher on the org chart and blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, well, is that, is that your destination? I mean, is that, is, 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 the, is the bigger corner office with the view, I mean, you know, whatever it is, is that, is that the end game? Is that the place that you're hoping you're going to end up? Because like what, what very, few, very few people I'm discovering have really thought about it. Very few people have thought about like what, what really is the end game. And so what do they do when they don't really have a determined end game? They just do whatever gets put in front of them. Because doesn't it make sense? Like, yeah, you always take, you always take the better job with the more money and, and the better position, and the higher on the other chart. You always move up and to the right, right? That's what, I mean, that's what the world says. And if you don't have a better mission, if you don't have a better direction than that, then you will just flow with it because the world has told you that's just what you do. And so what do we do? We just do it. And I'm not always saying, I'm not saying that that's always the wrong thing to do or the bad thing to do. I just think, have you really thought about Where does that fit in the mission, the kingdom mission that God has for you? Because what does it profit a person if you gain the better job with the more money and the better office and everything else and lose your soul or the soul of your kids or you never think about the souls of your neighbors and your friends and the rest of your family? But you got that thing. And then I simply ask him this. I just say, so, so just tell me for a minute, like, what, what is your mission? What is your mission? And you know what most people say after kind of staring at me with a blank look for a minute or two? They don't say anything. In fact, most of them look at me and go, nobody's really asked me that before. I, I just, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just trying to survive, right? If you want to move past surviving and move into thriving, you need a mission. You need a kingdom-centered mission that will help you partner with God in, the, in redeeming the world. I ask most of these people, I say, so does your company have a mission statement? And, and people, then they kind of like light up. Like, oh yeah, my company's got a mission statement, right? 
We'll talk again. We'll go way more into depth on this next week. But yeah, my company's got a mission statement. A lot of them say yes, and then they and many of them know the mission statement. And I'm like, so you know the mission statement and you know the direction of your company, but what about your life? What's keeping you on track? What's keeping you focused? What's making sure that you don't get off course? And here's what I'm convinced of. I'm convinced that most of us, we settle. We settle for life that is a few degrees off the path that God has intended for us. You know, there's a guy in, in the book of Mark. Um, we, we know him if, you, if you're a Sunday school person. You know, you know him as the rich young ruler. He says, as Jesus, the, in, in Mark chapter 10, starting verse 17, says, Jesus started on his way, and a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Right? He was like, I want that destination. That's the destination I'm looking for. I want eternal life. And then Jesus, he backs him up and he says, why do you call me good? Jesus answered, no one is good except God alone. There's a whole sermon in that, but that, we won't go there today, right? But he does have good direction. He says, you know, Jesus said, he says, you know the commandments. You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, and you shall not give false testimony. You shall not defraud. Honor your father and mother. And, and then the guy breaks in, he's like, teacher, he declared, I've done all those things. I've kept, I've kept these since I was a boy. Like, I've been doing that, right? Then Jesus looked at him and loved him. And I love that statement. He loved him. He loves this guy and he's inviting, he wants to invite him in. And he says, okay, there's just one thing you lack. And, and, and for our purposes today, I think Jesus is just going, look, look, hey, you are almost there. Right? There's one thing you're missing. I think Jesus might as well have just said, you're just one degree off. Just one degree off. He says, now go and sell everything you have and give it to the poor and you'll have treasure in your destination and come and follow me. This guy was invited. This guy was invited to come and follow Jesus. This guy was invited to like drop what he had and just and go with Jesus. We know of at least 12 guys that already did. Right? They, they dropped everything. They, 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 they dropped their jobs. They dropped everything to follow Jesus. And this man's face fell. And he went away sad because his wealth was great. In other words, what happened is he settled. He settled for earthly wealth instead of a kingdom mission where he got to be with Jesus. He settled for what the world said was most valuable rather than what eternity says is most valuable, being with Jesus. We settle for temporal things in this world 
I mean, think about it. even today. I was thinking about it because I, I, you know, couldn't do Super Bowl Sunday without mentioning the Super Bowl. But I'm thinking the Super Bowl, right? And there will be a winner today, right? There will be a winner today. And, and I'm like, okay, and these guys, man, they have been working their mission, right? When they started the first of the year, what was their mission? Every team in the NFL had the mission. Now, some secretly, the reason they're not there is they just thought we just got to survive. Okay, don't laugh too quick. We just got to survive this year. No, the, the ones who are playing today are ones who set out at the beginning of the year and they said, this is where we're going. We're on mission. And somebody will win today. And then what? Where's the winner go? Come on, you guys know. Is that all the better it gets? Like you won the stinking Super Bowl. And you, go, you get a day at Disneyland? Like, for real? So I started thinking about that. I was like, and where do the losers go? I was like, I don't know. Maybe a Taylor Swift concert. I don't know. So, sorry. Sorry. I, that was bad. That, that might have been distasteful there, but I'm just, just saying. No, I'm just sorry. You know what's horrible is that may be the only thing you remember. Oh, man. You want to, here, let me, let me try to redeem this. Um, <laughs> you know what the best thing about today is, uh, I, I think? We, the best thing today is we, we've got two quarterbacks today that aren't shy about the fact that they follow Jesus, right? And, and that's a good thing. But, <laughs> but you know what? A few years ago, they interviewed Tom Brady, who's got more rings than anybody. And at the end of winning another Super Bowl, they said, hey, what, what's next? And, you know, he just stopped, and he, he didn't know what to say. Because, what I mean, is just, you know, a seventh, eighth, ninth? I mean, is it just, I mean what, what, what's next? And he simply says, there's got to be more. And I'm here to tell you today that whatever it is that's taking all of your time, there's more. Don't settle for what the world tells you. Jesus is inviting you in. Do not settle for things of this world that will not satisfy. But like I said, often we try to just we try to just do what we want to do and then we try to Christianize it a little bit by adding some Jesus on. We try to include God in our mission rather than fully submitting to his mission. See, here's the thing, and this, you, you just need to really hear this today. God is not interested in joining your mission. You were created for his. And the question is this, will you surrender to him. In Matthew 16, 24 to 26, it says, Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. 
What good will it be for anyone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? Or can anyone give or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? Instead of living the plan, the purpose, and the dream that God has placed in our hearts, so many of us settle for the direction that the world tells us that we should go. And and I gotta tell you, oftentimes it just breaks my heart. Like it breaks my heart as a pastor to to sit with people and, and see the pain and the devastation that has happened in their lives just because they settled. They settled for something they thought they wanted, trying to live out their mission rather than God's. And what I'm convinced of is this, is most of us are missing out on the most amazing adventure that God wants you to experience. And we settle for less than God's best by not fully embracing the mission that he's calling us into. I, just, I love this, this quote by Howard Hendricks. He's a, a great teacher um, that, that I, I read a lot. And he, he says this, most believers, okay? Now these are good people, right? They're, 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 most believers die with an unsung song in their heart. And let that just settle for a second. Most believers die with an unsung song in their heart. I'm just going to step a little bit out on a limb here today and say, how many of you know from where you're sitting, how many of you know there's more? Right? How, How many of you know deep down inside that there's more? There's, there's even more now than what you're experiencing. How many, how many of you just know there's more, right? Come on, play along. I mean, how many of you are sure there's more, right? I'm here to affirm what you feel. There is more. There is more. And the more is when you partner with God for the mission and the purposes of his kingdom, You see, at some point, we have to resolve to be less afraid of missing out on what the world is offering and more afraid of missing out on what God has for us. Whatever age you are, I know some of you are like, I don't know, man, I've been going down this road a long time. Here's the great thing. You are never too young to start because it will help you avoid a lot of mistakes in life, right? I mean, we got great biblical examples. I mean, David, man, the guy's a teenager when he slays Goliath, right? We can never discount the power of our young people when they're working on mission with God. So young people, I know we got a lot of them at camp today, but young people, man, get on mission now and you will avoid a lot of the headaches. And a lot of people in this room will tell you about the headaches you can avoid. But here's the other thing. You're never too old either. You're you're never too old to adjust and course correct and get on mission. Moses was 80. Moses was 80 when he stood before the burning bush and went on to an incredible mission leading God's people out of slavery. God has an incredible mission for you 
The question is this, are you experiencing what it means to live on mission with him? Decisions, the decisions that you make will determine your direction and the direction that you are in will determine your destination. And if direction determines destination, here's the big question for us today. Where are you headed? Where are you headed? Will your destination be with Jesus? I, I heard this quote. I just thought this was really good. It says, everybody ends up somewhere. Be sure you end up there on purpose. Not by mistake. Don't let the world cause you to be where you end up. You choose it. And choose to go on mission with Jesus. I can promise you this. It will be the most exciting thing you've ever done. Don't let the world scare you out of being on mission with Jesus. You know, as a little kid, I used to sit in church, and I don't know, maybe like some of you guys, just, you thought, man, I don't know, church, church felt kind of boring, right? And I had this weird dilemma because I like to read my Bible, and so I'd read my Bible, and I, I even told the pastor one time, I said, hey, I got this, I got this thing. He's like, I come to church, and everybody just, and I, I, everybody tells me, sit down and be quiet, right? Don't, don't make a ruckus, don't do, you know? And then it's like, hey, and, and, and to me, church just seems like, kind of like, uh, like uh, yeah, okay. And, but then I read my Bible, man, and I see all these people on this incredible adventure doing incredible things. And I think it's because th- sometimes we can attend church, sometimes we can come in and hear a message, and unfortunately we can walk out unchanged and not on mission. So over the next few weeks, we're going to dive into what it means to live on mission, a kingdom mission. Having a clear sense of mission will help you say no to the things that seek to knock you off course and help you experience life to the fullest. So here, as we kind of start this today, here's the thing I just want you to think about. Will you decide today to say yes? to being on mission with him. Decide to live on mission with him, a kingdom mission, because if you will live on a kingdom mission with him, he will always, always be with you. And you will always have the best that he has to offer. And your destination will be amazing. You believe that this morning, church? Let me pray for us. Our Heavenly Father, Father, forgive us when we settle, when we settle for a, a direction that, that is not worthy of your kingdom. Father, help, help us, Lord God, to, to hear clearly your call to join you in your incredible mission, Father, to redeem our world. Father, I pray for each and every one of us that, Lord God, um, we would join you in this kingdom endeavor and that, Father, you, you would help us to simply say yes and decide to follow your directions so that we can end up in your destination. 
We love you, Lord, and praise you in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to the NPFCC Messages podcast. If this message blessed you in any way and you'd like to learn more about our church, you can visit us online at npfcc.org. Again, that's npfcc.org. To support the ongoing work of our ministry, you can make a donation at npfcc.org give. But be blessed and may the Spirit empower you to actualize this message today.